in the ninth chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. Bhagavan Sri Krishna instructs Yatkarosi Rashnasi Yajjuhoshi Tatasiyat Yatapasya Sikonta Yatakurusma Padarapanam. All that you do, all that you eat, all charities that you offer and give away, all austerities and sacrifices that you perform should be done as an offering to me. Bhoktaram Jagatapasam Sarava Loka Maheshwaram Suhradam Sarava Bhutanam Gyatvamam Shantim Rachchati Krishna explains that he is the proprietor of everything that exists. And therefore everything is meant for his enjoyment. And he is the best well-wishing friend of all living beings. And only that person who understands these principles can achieve peace in life. We should know that our enjoyment is dependent on how we satisfy God. In the Srimad Bhagavatam it describes that just as if you water a root of a tree, the whole tree is nourished. All the leaves, all the branches, all the twigs, all the flowers. But if you neglect the root of the tree, every part of the tree will dwindle and die. So Krishna is the root of all existence. It is described, Aham sarvasya prabhavom sarvam Krishna declares that I am the source of all spiritual and material worlds. Everything emanates from me. Mamayavam so jiva loke jiva bhuta sanatana manasashtan indriyani prakriti stani karashati. We are all part of Krishna. Every part of the tree is meant to serve the interests of the root. If we can simply understand this principle, we can make progress toward real happiness in life. This month we are observing a very, very special celebration. It is called Chandan Yatra. It is the time of the year where Lord Sri Krishna is completely covered from his head to his feet in sandalwood paste. Why do we cover Krishna with sandalwood paste? Because this is a very, very hot time of the year. Hardly anyone likes to come to India during the months of April and May because it is very, very hot. Now the devotees understand that if Krishna is cool, that will give me pleasure. People are making all arrangements for air conditioning and fans. People are going to the Himalayas. But they do not understand that they will never find relief from the pangs of the heats of material existence through this process. 
मात्र बद्रीनाथ after having the holy darshan of badri vishal and at that time like flowers coming from the heavens shouted there began a shower of snow and it was so much snow i am from the northern part of the united states of america where i am from chicago it is famous for snow and cold and i must say that i have never seen snow like in badrinath each snowflake was like a lotus flower just falling not falling floating down from the heavens and we were thinking ah how beautiful how nice the demigods are showering flowers but then we realized these flowers were very cold and because of the heat of delhi no one had any warm clothes so we were freezing everyone was like this and people started thinking maybe we should go down to delhi where it's nice and warm but of course because of the snow the roads were blocked so we could not go anywhere we were trapped and there was only one shelter to go into the holy temple of the lord and to fall at his lotus feet my dear lord how can we satisfy you as soon as we offered this prayer there was no question of heat there was no question of cold in fact we became so courageous after offering this prayer that we all went down to the alaknanda in the middle of the snow blizzard and we all took our bath so heat and cold is the condition of this material world heat cold happiness distress honor dishonor pleasure pay yahi krishna says in gita yam hi na vyapi he says ah that an intelligent man yehi samsparsha jab bhoga dukh jo naye evate atyanta vantato natheshu ramate bodha that an intelligent man does not take pleasure in what is derived from sense perception he knows that such pleasures have a beginning and an end therefore he finds pleasure in giving satisfaction to god just last week 
Some of us went to Udupi, where the holy uh, form of Udupi Krishna is standing, blessing the entire creation with his infinite mercy. And Udupi Krishna was wearing a beautiful crown, a crown that we have never seen before. It was completely covered with precious diamonds. And I believe this crown cost about one crore of rupees. It was offered to Udupi Krishna by two of the very great acharyas of the Udupi Math, Srila uh, Parimar Swami and Srila Pejavaramat Swami. So we had the opportunity recently to be sitting with Palimar Matswami and he was explaining how people they criticize why you are spending so much money to give a crown to Krishna why do you not feed the poor with that money why do you not build hospitals with that money why do you not provide clothing for those in need with that money Krishna doesn't need anything. He is Dwarakadish. He is uh, Lakshminath. He's the Lord of Dwarka. He's living in 16,108 palaces. He's the husband and the master of the goddess of fortune. Why not give to somebody who needs? And he began to explain how the Prime Minister of India or the President of the United States or the Chief Executive Head of the Soviet Union. Do you know how much money is spent on them every week, every day? On security forces and security devices and the, the best topmost accommodations Whenever they travel, they have their own exclusive jet airplane, just for them. There are crores of rupees spent a month on such persons, if you consider everything that goes into the service that they require. And who is such a person? He's the lord and master, the chief executive of a little tiny tract of land in a little tiny place called the earth. One time one of our devotees was behaving a little proud. So our Guru Maharaj, Srila Prabhupada, he began to explain that the Supreme Lord Narayan, he expands himself as Karanodakshai Vishnu, Mahavishnu. And he is so big that from his body emanates millions and billions and trillions, infinite, innumerable universes. And each of those universes is just like a little speck coming from a pore of Mahavishnu. And we are living in this tiny little universe. And within this universe, the earth planet is just a little tiny little speck. 
And within this earth, the country of India is just a little speck. And Bombay is a speck within India. Chopati is a speck within Bombay. And you and me, we are just little specks crawling around Bombay. And in Delhi, there's a little speck called VP Singh. And in America, there's a little speck called George Bush. We are all specks, tiny, insignificant jivas. And yet such a little jiva, we are giving so much attention. But Krishna, he is the Lord and master of the entire universe. So Palimar Swami Maharaj was explaining that what is the limit of what you can offer the Lord of the universe? It is said that when you decorate the deity of the Lord very nicely, then you lose all desire for de to decorate yourself very nicely because you are satisfied in seeing Krishna beautiful. When they offer nice jewels and nice garlands to Lord Sri Krishna and Sri Radharani, just by seeing them decorated in such a nice way, we lose all desire to decorate ourselves. After all, how much can we decorate ourselves and how much satisfaction do we gain? Recently, there was uh, in the Philippines, there was a dictator. And when they looked into the house, they saw that the wife had something like 700, and 700 pairs of shoes. Was it 700 or 7,000? Doesn't make much difference. I think it was 7,000. She had 7,000 pairs of shoes. Each one was, was imported from a very, very special place. Every one was practically as much, every pair of shoes cost practically as much as the living quarters of the average person of the Philippines. Now, how many times can you even wear 7,000 pairs of shoes? Huh? If she changed her shoes once every hour, she would hardly get through all her shoes in her whole lifetime. And she was still a frustrated woman. She was still thinking, I need more shoes, then I will be happy. Now devotees, the Babaji's and Vrindavan, the sannyasis, they wear no shoes. They go barefoot. They don't even have one single pair of chapels. But when they see Krishna's feet being beautifully decorated with tulsi leaves and chandan, ah, they feel such satisfaction. They do not require shoes. Ah, there is a story in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. It describes therein that Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu visited the house of Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya. And Sarvabhoma cooked many hundreds of preparations, first-class preparations of, of bhoga. 
and offered it all to Lord Jagannath. And then he said to Lord Chaitanya, this is Mahaprasad, please accept. And Lord Chaitanya was in great happiness. He said, ah, seeing that Lord Jagannath has eaten so nicely, I am perfectly satisfied. My heart is immersed in pleasure. Now for me, just give me a little bit of steamed sabji, little steamed rice, bus, nothing else. Sarvabhoma said, no, no, this is all for you. He said, what do I require? If Jagannath is happy, I am happy. I do not require any of this. My happiness is in seeing Krishna happy. If we simply understand this principle, we will know what is real happiness. But as long as we are greedy, as long as we are selfish, as long as we think, I need more and more and more and more, we will constantly be engulfed in the flames of karma or lust. Krishna says in Gita that lust is like a raging fire. The more you feed it, the more hungry it becomes. The more you have, the more you want. That is the law of nature. The more you give, the more you have. The more you take, the less you have within your own heart. And the more you give, the more you have within your heart. If we have this faith, we can become happy. If we have this faith, we can do real welfare, real service for humanity. Therefore, for the 21 days of this month that we celebrate Chandan Yatra, you will notice the small deities of Radhan Krishna today. They are completely covered with sandalwood. Because according to the Pancharatraka Vidhi, whatever worship you offer to the small murtis, the Vijay murtis, the large murtis are accepting that. If you cover the Vijay Murti of Radha Gopinath, you are all, the large Radha Gopinath Muratis are accepting that offering. So it is a very hot time of the month. Forget whether you are hot. Think simply, is Krishna cool? If Krishna's cool, I'm happy. Krishna does not require air conditioning. He does not require fans. He simply asks for some chandan mixed with uh, keshara and a tulsi leaf. And if you offer that and a little camphor, he is satisfied. Patram pushpam palam to yam yome bhakta prayachiti tara. Krishna says that, ah. Even if you offer me a little water, a fruit, a flower, if it is offered with devotion, I will accept it. I will be happy. And this is the secret of success in this human form of life. Atapum birt vijastreshtas varanashrami vibhagasha shwanushtatasya dharmasya samsidhyadhadi toshanam.
whatever your occupation may be, whether you are a Brahman, a Kshatriya, a Vaishya, a Sudra, whether you are a Brahmachari, a Grihasta, a Vanaprast, or a Sanyasi, doesn't matter. These things are all, these things are all external. Whether you are a doctor, a lawyer, a sociologist, a psychologist, a farmer, a businessman, or a sadhu, or a student, or a housewife, or a mother, or a father, or a child, these things do not matter. They are all external. But if you perform your duty for the pleasure of Krishna, samsidir haritoshanam, for the pleasure of Lord Sri Hari, that is the perfection of your life. That is the happiness that will be experienced infinitely and eternally by the soul. So this is the conviction of those on the path of bhakti. That if Krishna is pleased, then my life is perfect. My pleasure is giving Krishna happiness. To the degree we are thinking in terms of our own happiness, to that degree you will suffer today or tomorrow. To the degree you are selflessly engaging your propensities for the pleasure of Krishna, to that degree you will experience real joy. Brahma Bhuta Prasanatma Nasochati Nakangshati Samasaravesha Bhuteshu Mad Bhaktim Labhate Param. One who is on the spiritual platform is prasanatma, he is eternally joyful. Nasochati, nakangshati. He does not hanker for anything, nor does he lament for anything. Our whole life is simply engrossed in hankering for what we do not have and lamenting over what we lose. This is material life, simply hankering and lamenting. And modern society is very expert at creating propaganda to increase your hankering for things that you never even imagined that you wanted before. Huh? My God, it used to be that people lived very happy, very simple. They had a little land, they had a little house, they had a couple, they had a cow, they had a bull, they grew their food. They ate nicely, they gathered together to hear Mahabharata, Ramayana, Srimad Bhagavatam for Kirtan. They were happy. What else do you need? Little water, little food, a place to sleep, and Harinam. And people were very happy, very peaceful, very loving toward one another. But then what happened? If I do not have a telephone, I cannot be happy. If I do not have a refrigerator, I cannot be happy. If I do not have a television set, I cannot be happy. If I do not have an automobile, I cannot be happy. If I do not have an air conditioner, I cannot be happy. If I do not have ah, so many nice saris and so many nice pairs of clothes, I cannot be happy. If I do not have a computer, I cannot be happy. If I do not become very famous and very prestigious and people do not offer me all honor, I cannot be happy. Huh? If I do not use this particular type of toothpaste, I will not be happy. 
If I don't use this deodorant under my arms, I will not be happy. Huh? If I do not use this particular soap, I will not be happy. We're being brainwashed. You go to, if I do not see this cinema, I will not be happy. If I do not buy this record, I will not be happy. Ah. In this way, we're being bombarded with propaganda that is simply endlessly making us hanker for things that are completely unnecessary. And the more you have, the more you want. Hiranyakashipu conquered the entire universe. And what was the result? He was completely frustrated. He wanted more. And Prahlad, he was happy just chanting Hare Krishna. He did not care anything for the wealth of his father. He was self-satisfied. So whatever extent you satisfy the unnecessary demands of your senses and mind, to that extent, the more you try to satisfy, the more you become disturbed. The more you put fuel in a fire, the hungrier, higher, and more devouring the fire becomes. Huh? Human life is meant to extinguish the fire. It is not meant to increase the fire. And how do we decrease the fire? How do we extinguish the fire? The same propensities we have to satisfy our own hankerings for temporary enjoyment. If we utilize that same energy in offering service to Krishna, we give real peace, pure joy to the soul. When we learn to find happiness in seeing Krishna's pleasure, nasochati nakankshati, we do not hanker for anything nor lament for anything. So we must cultivate this consciousness. What we strive for in life, we will attain. If we strive earnestly with our hearts, to really find pleasure in giving pleasure to Krishna. We will find pleasure in giving pleasure to Krishna. Krishna will ultimately fulfill all of your desires. But this is the one desire that will give you happiness, that will give you joy. So how wonderful it is that Krishna is covered with nice sandalwood and he and Srimati Radharani <laughs> are playing together in a very refreshed and cooling atmosphere. Huh? Soon we will also have this nice fountain going. Not for us, but for Krishna. When Krishna hears the beautiful sound of the water falling, when Krishna feels the cooling effect of little sprinkles of water, 
he will feel very happy and refreshed in the heat of the summer. And seeing this, the devotees feel so much refreshed. So let this be the standard of our happiness, how we are pleasing God. In Vrindavan, this is the only standard of happiness. This is the qualification to be a resident of Vrindavan or a Vrijbasi that there is no desire in your heart except the satisfaction of Krishna. It is described that the gopis, when they would see Krishna going out in the pasturing grounds with bare feet, their hearts would feel great pain, thinking, my God, Krishna is going to step on thorns with his lotus feet. They are so soft and so delicate. And he might step on stones which might hurt him. It was unbearable for them to think of Krishna feeling pain. And because they were so engrossed in this, they were completely oblivious and transcendental to their own pleasures and pains. Huh? There is a story how Krishna asked his friend Uddhav to get the dust from his from the feet of his devotees to cure his headache. And he went to many great sages and saints. He even went to great demigods and said, Krishna wants the dust from your feet to put on his head because he is suffering headache. And everyone was telling, no, 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 impossible. The dust from our feet, if we put them on the head of God, we will go to hell. Uddhav said, I know, you will go to hell. There's no question, putting your feet on Krishna's head but he, when he has a headache, they said, well, we please offer all our respects to Krishna, tell him Dandavat, Bhagavan, but how can we put our feet on your head? So he went from place to place and everyone gave him the same reply. And when Krishna got these messages back, he said, ah, yes, they have such respect for me, but I'm suffering. Go to Vrindavan. Request the gopis for the dust from their feet. Now from the, from the material status, huh, who are the gopis compared to the demigods? Who are the gopis compared to the great sages, brahmins and sannyasis? They are just, they are just housewives, herding cows. How many people go to the demigods to take the dust from their feet and put on their head? Huh? Everyone wants to get the dust from the devatas on their head. And the great sannyasis and great brahmins, the whole society is going to them and taking the dust from the feet and putting on head. How many people go to housewives to take the dust from their lotus feet? Raise your hand if you've ever taken the dust from the lotus feet of a housewife. Huh? I once did. <laughs> but I won't tell you who. So. This is a very, very, compared to these great souls, 
The gopis are very insignificant. From the social point of view. So Uddhava told him, Krishna has headache. He wants the dust from your lotus feet. He said that if we apply it on his head, he will become free from pain. So the gopis immediately started scraping the dust from his, their feet and putting it in nice containers. Said, go, run, bring it to Krishna immediately, go. No time for anything else. He said, but do you understand what you are doing? You will go to hell. Even the great lotus feet of the sages and demigods, they will not put their dust on Krishna's head. What to speak of you? They said, yes, let us go to hell. We do not mind going to hell. In fact, we are prepared to go to hell forever, for the rest of eternity, if that's what it takes to relieve Krishna's headache. If Krishna's headache is cured, then we will be happy whether we're in heaven or hell. But if Krishna has a headache, even if we're in Vaikuntha, there will be no peace in our life. Because their only happiness was Krishna's happiness. And do you know what Uddhava did? Uddhava went back and brought Krishna that dust. And Krishna was very happy. And Uddhava prayed to Krishna that Krishna grant me one benediction. Krishna said, I will offer you any benediction you want. Now, now can you imagine? If the Supreme Lord, Lakshmi Pati, the uh, Srinathji, the master and lord of, of Shriji, the goddess of fortune, if he offered you any benediction you wanted, what would you ask for? Huh? Whatever you want, it is fulfilled. Uddhava got that benediction. And what did he ask for? He said, let me for the rest of eternity. Let me take birth as a piece of grass in Brajadham so that the gopis whose only desire is your satisfaction that they may step on my head with their lotus feet and I will collect the dust on my head too. Let that be my only desire in life. And Krishna granted that desire. And Uddhava, by Krishna's mercy, expanded himself to be a blade of grass in Vrindavan. And when the gopis uh, are engaging in their household chores, not knowing it is Uddhava, they step on his head and he collects the dust from their lotus feet. So the great souls their ambition is simply to please those persons whose only desire is Krishna's pleasure. Yasya prasada bhagavat prasada yasya prasada nagati kuto. Therefore it is said that if you please the spiritual master, you please Krishna. If you do not please the spiritual master, you cannot please Krishna no matter what you do. Therefore, a devotee's life and soul is simply to see the Guru and Krishna happy. 
They concern themselves not for heaven or hell. They concern themselves not for pleasure or pain. They simply want to give pleasure to Krishna and his devotees. If <clears throat> If you do not please the devotee of Krishna, you cannot properly please Krishna. There is three platforms of devotees. There is the Kanishta Adhikari, the Madhyam Adhikari and the Uttam Adhikari. The Kanishta Adhikari is one who sees God in the temple and is very anxious to please God in the temple. But he does not consider anything or anyone else. The Madhyam Adhikari knows that the Supreme Lord of the universe is in the temple. But he also sees God within the hearts of all living beings. Therefore, he's very, very anxious to please Krishna. And he knows that the greatest way he could please Krishna is by pleasing those who have surrendered their lives to Krishna. Sadhunam hridayam mayam, sadhunam hridayam dvaham, maranyatina janati naham thebyo namagapi. Lord Narayan told Durvas Muni that the sadhu is my life and soul. Because the sadhu, like the gopis, the sadhu is willing to sacrifice everything and everything just for my pleasure. Krishna says, therefore, I sacrifice everything and anything for their pleasure. And if you do not please them, you cannot please me. And if you please them, I am satisfied. Narayan explains that because the sadhu knows no happiness other than pleasing me, I know no happiness in pleasing them. That is why Krishna told Udhava, Mad Bhakta Pujyabhadika, that pleasing my devotees is most pleasing to me. So let us learn the beautiful art of pleasing Lord Sri Krishna, pleasing His most intimate and the most glorious of all devotees, Srimati Radharani, and those who are assisting her in her loving service to Lord, Lord Sri Hari, those great sadhus who dedicate their lives in the service of the Lord. By satisfying the Lord and his devotees, that is the only real standard of pleasure. And this must be our conviction in life. The purpose of sacrifice is to satisfy God. Huh? You have heard, you have read in the Vedas about the Go made a sacrifice, the Asva made a sacrifice, the Agnihotra sacrifice. There are so many sacrifices. They are all meant to satisfy the Lord. People perform the sacrifice of tapasya to satisfy the Lord. But it is described in Bhagavatam. Jagyai Sankirtana Priyaya Jantihi Sumedasha. The supreme most sacrifice that satisfies the Lord and his devotees in this Kali Yuga is the chanting of the holy names. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, 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 Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, 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 Hare. There is no superior method of satisfying Krishna than chanting his holy names. 
And when we used to ask our Guru Maharaj, how can we please you? He would always say, chant Hare Krishna. Because the Guru, he's not concerned with his own pleasure. He's only concerned that you're pleasing Krishna. If he sees you're pleasing Krishna, he's pleased. And if Krishna sees you're pleasing the devotee, Krishna's pleased. It's a competition, what to do? The devotee is simply trying to give everything to Krishna and Krishna's trying to give everything to his devotee. And us, we're just little tiny beings. We're somewhere, in, we just, our aspiration is just to be in the middle of that somewhere. Huh? The guru is saying, chant Hare Krishna, that pleases me best. Why? Because it pleased Krishna best. And Krishna is saying, chant Hare Krishna. Why? Because it pleases my devotee best. So therefore we say, just chant Hare Krishna and be happy. But you will find, through the process of chanting Hare Krishna, ah, your every act, your every desire will simply be to please Krishna. You will feel cool when Krishna is cool. You will feel satisfied when Krishna gets nice food. You will feel beautiful when you see Krishna decorated beautifully. You will feel that you have the best, even if you're living under a tree, if you see Krishna has a beautiful temple, you will feel, ah, everything is very nice. I remember at New Vrindavan, in the old days, now New Vrindavan has become quite nice, even by worldly standards. But in the old days, New Vrindavan was only nice by very high spiritual standards. Because by worldly standards, we were sub-poverty level. There was one time a toll of how much money is spent on a devotee at New Vrindavan. This is back in when I first came, 1972, 73, 74, up till about 76. And the amount of money that, was, that a devotee would usurp in the form of food and clothing and um, residence was about one-tenth the poverty level of America. Huh? We were sub, 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 sub poverty. We were eating some, uh, some potatoes and maybe a few chapatis. We were sleeping on hard floors with no heat in old 200-year-old buildings falling apart. Huh? We had nothing, no clothes. If you didn't have clothes, there was no clothes to get. If you didn't have shoes, you were barefoot for months and months and months until someone would leave the community and leave their shoes behind. Then you would go, ah, shoes, very good. You'd be, if you wanted anything, you'd hope someone would leave so you could, because they would always leave their things behind. Because usually they'd sneak out and they didn't bring anything with them. So you'd be just waiting seeing is somebody having some difficulty if they are I'll just be very careful to watch and as soon as they leave I'll get their shoes huh? it was very poor and yet 
The devotees were working day and night to build a beautiful palace for their Guru and Krishna. We're not going to live in the palace. None of us will live in the palace. We'll sleep under trees. But we will feel a hundred million times more satisfied seeing Prabhupada and Krishna living in a beautiful marble palace than anyone who makes such a palace for himself. And it was a fact. The devotees were dancing, jumping, leaping when we put Prabhupada and Krishna in that palace. We were just in ecstasy. There was no words to describe it. And what did we have? Nothing. We didn't even care what we had. We didn't care what we didn't have. But when we saw Krishna had, ah, very happy. So this is the result of chanting Hare Krishna. When you satisfy Krishna by chanting his holy names, gradually we learn how to find real happiness in satisfying God. So please chant Hare Krishna and be happy. Please know that whatever you have, it will only give your soul pleasure to the extent you are using it to water the root, to nourish the desires of Krishna. The only standard of happiness we should strive for in our life is to please Krishna. No need to change your particular field of activity in this world. Simply perform your activities for the pleasure of God and chant His holy name. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Ram Hare Hare. Thank you very much.